You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. In 1991, the first ever G1 Climax was born. Replacing the former World Leagues and IWGP League tournaments, this new tournament took the top heavyweights New Japan Pro Wrestling had to offer to see who truly was the best in the promotion. But not everyone got the opportunity to compete in the G1 Climax. After all, the G1 Climax was for the best of the best, and to be invited in was an honor in of itself. Some wrestlers never appeared, while some competed year in and year out. Today, however, we will be discussing the men that got the call only one time. This is G1 and Only. Welcome to G1 and Only. My name is Ryan Knightsey. On today's episode, we are discussing one of the baddest beasts in all of New Japan history. He was a mixed martial artist and a wrestling standout from a very young age, a three-time IWGP heavyweight champion, and he was even 18 and 14 in mixed martial artists, Old Ironhead himself, Kazuyuki Fujita. Kazuyuki Fujita was born October 16th, 1970. He was a freestyle wrestler in high school and even participated in international wrestling amateur competition, placing as high as six in the world. He placed fifth at the Asian Championships and a national Greco-Roman wrestling champion in Japan. He was also an Olympic hopeful, but missed the team by one point. Luckily for New Japan, Fujita was free, so they scooped him up, and he began training for professional wrestling. Fujita made his in-ring debut on November 1st, 1996, against Yuji Nagata, where, of course, he lost. But his star did not fall. During the Ricky Choshu retirement tour, he was selected as one of Choshu's quote-unquote final wrestlers. He was also training partner for Ogawa when he went to pro wrestling. But during this period of his life, Fujita felt uncertain and unhappy with his future in professional wrestling, feeling like he couldn't break out into the main event picture behind Nagata and Kojima. So he left for New Japan for shoot fighting, which of course was very popular at the time. However, before he could leave, Antonio Inoki stopped him, sending Fujita abroad for MMA training instead to come back and compete in Pride. It worked, and Fujita stayed in New Japan for a little while longer. With MMA training now and the star power already present, 
and a booker, of course, who liked you. Fujita returned to New Japan in 2001 and immediately won the IWGP Heavyweight Championship in under seven minutes. Fujita would do fairly well, losing and regaining the IWGP Heavyweight title once more, eventually losing it for the second time against Kensuke Sasuke in 2004. But he's already where he wanted to be at the top of the card. In 2005, he won the IWGP Heavyweight Championship for a third time against Hiroshi Tenzan, and a month later entered the 2005 G1 Climax. That's right, Fujita competed in his one and only G1 Climax as the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. Let's talk about and see how he does. G1 Climax B Block 公式リーグ戦30分一本勝負アガコーラ184センチ120キロ藤田和之Kazuyuki Fujita started his one and only G1 Climax run taking on two-time G1 Climax participant Tetsutoshi Goto Fujita started off the match with showcasing his strength the huge shoulder block earlier in the match Goto does two extremely high ankle suplexes, practically throwing Fujita on his head. I, this is my sort of first look at someone like Fujita, uh, and I sort of, I really like it. I really enjoy when you see wrestlers that you can tell that their favorite workout are lat help pull downs just based on their shoulders alone. They look huge, they look like boulders. I love it when my wrestlers look like boulders. Fujita leaves the ring to collect himself after that high angle suplex. But as he tries to enter the ring, Goto hits a lariat, bringing Goto back out. Sorry, bringing Fujita back out. Goto follows, and now we're outside the ring. Goto drops another high angle back suplex onto the mats outside the ring floor. Fujita is ultimately able to enter the ring at 17. Goto rushes at Fujita, but Fujita elbows Goto, hits a Frankensteiner, then locks in an armbar. But Goto reaches the ropes. Fujita blocks another suplex from Goto and applies a side headlock sort of maneuver where he is able to get the win. Conclusion. Fujita defeated Goto in 3 minutes and 19 seconds. A solid short match between the two here. Fujita, a living brick shithouse, looks good. You know, Goto put up his best best efforts with those high angle slams, but really Fujita comes off as a sort of killer when he wins of a standing side headlock. Like I said, a solid ring introduction to Fujita that makes me intrigued to see more of him. Not to be sold or blow, blown away immediately, but uh, it's only a short match, so we didn't even see that much. Only three minutes of wrestling, but I'm at the very least intrigued. Block A Night 1 ends with Fujita, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Yudaka Yoshi with 2 points, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Toru Yano with 1 point, and Tetsuda Goto, Manabu Nakanishi, and Togi Makabe with 0 points. Moving into night two, Fujita moves on to fight the three-time G1 Climax participant and 2004 G1 Climax finalist, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Before the bell rang, Tanahashi took off his shirt in classic Tanahashi fashion, throws his shirt into the crowd, and uh, like uh, a bride throwing flowers, women battled over it. Uh, it's just uh, the, the exact, uh, what's the word, uh, way to sum up Tanahashi early in his career, I would say. 
The match starts with both men looking for control, but Vegeta ultimately gets it fairly easily. Tanahashi uses his speed to escape Vegeta's big lariat, but Vegeta doesn't get outdone using his own speed to escape an elbow drop from Tanahashi. Vegeta breaks the test of strength with some stiff elbows and knee lifts, then he locks in a single leg Boston Crab, but Tanahashi is able to reach the ropes. After a stalling slam, Vegeta lazily covers Tanahashi by just kneeling on him, and of course he doesn't get that win. Tanahashi tries to power out of Vegeta with two common Giris and a German suplex, but to no avail. Doesn't get the win here with that. He then hits a dro- diving dropkick, but Vegeta's attacks to Tanahashi's back are too much to go for the pin. Tanahashi does go for a small package eventually, but doesn't get it. He goes for a second, and Vegeta then locks in the side choke, not a headlock. The camera shows it is, in fact, a choke here. Tanahashi fades away, and Vegeta lets go and calls for a count. At 7, Tanahashi gets up out of instinct, refusing that 10 count, getting up at 7. Just And by when I say out of instinct, it is he is not popping up ready to go. It is like 7, it's like, okay, I'm up, I'm up. Uh, it's like when you're trying to get up in the morning, but you're still asleep. It's like, okay, I, I, I'm up. I know I have to get up, but my... I don't, my head and everything, part of my body's uh, asleep right now, but like my body's just like, ah, okay. Uh, Vegeta follows up with knee strikes over and over again, with the referee having to pull Vegeta off of Tanahashi. Vegeta breaks the count uh, that the referee was giving Tanahashi, instead picks up Tanahashi, hits him with a spine buster into almost a side single leg Boston Crab, then ultimately locks in the full Boston Crab. He converts into a high angle with one foot pushing down on Tanahashi's back, his upper back, for even more pain and leverage, almost into like a lion tamer, but now he's, instead of the knee, it's a foot into your neck back area, and that's ultimately where Tanahashi gives up taps out, giving Fujita the victory. Conclusion. Kazuyuki Fujita defeats Hiroshi Tanahashi in 9 minutes and 14 seconds. Tanahashi was able to have a little more of a give and take between him and Fujita, but ultimately it was Fujita who was just overpowering and too dominant over these crop of wrestlers. Goto was one thing, but a 2004 G1 Climax finalist, Tanahashi, he's another thing. Vegeta's putting these guys away, quite frankly. These matches continue to be straight onward with, with not too much of a complicated story, but, but, these simpli- but these simplistic stories of can you overcome the Goliath is enough for me to be invested. This applies to guys like Walter, guys like Brock Lenzer. Who will be ultimately capable? Who will be the David in this story that will be able to defeat the monster? Block A Night 2 ends with Fujita, Yoshi, and Nakamura with four points, Nakanishi with two points, Tanahashi and Yano with one point, and Goto and Makabe with zero points. On night three of the 2005 G1 Climax, Fujita looks to expand his lead further when he takes on Toru Yano in his first ever G1 Climax tournament. Before the bell rings, Yano attacks Fujita with his umbrella. It should be stated here that this Toru Yano is not the KOPW, uh, I guess, well, he, has, he doesn't bring the chair, I guess he has an umbrella, but uh, chair swinging, uh, cookbook selling Yano that we know, the playful one. 
he still does a lot of cheating maneuvers and and not necessarily silly stuff is the word but he still still does a lot of uh, uh gimmicks and whatnot but he is uh more serious than he is now where well, i would he's definitely gone over the deep end with comedy but uh, so we open the match with Yano attacking Fujita with that umbrella. They go to the outside, and Yano hits Fujita twice with a chair, and Fujita slams the ring apron, angry when Yano enters the ring. Fujita angry about how uh, about how Yano got him. Uh, Yano's attacked him. He wants to get Yano. So what he does, he just unloads on Yano, kicks galore, immediately locking in that side choke into a knee lift into the head. Just for added more damage, just because he's angry. You don't want to get Vegeta angry. He's like the Hulk. Vegeta locks in the rear naked choke, but Yano rolls to the ropes. Yano ultimately distracts the referee, back kicks Vegeta in the balls, spits in his face with that water, and gets a small package, but doesn't get the win on Vegeta. Vegeta now even angrier, attacks Yano, kneeing him into the head. The ref asks for the count to see if Yano's out, but Vegeta breaks it up once more for more knee attacks. It's just not even like revenge. It's just like he's overkill at this point. The ref yells at Vegeta and Vegeta gives him a death stare, just daggers to the ref. Vegeta picks up Yano, slams it down for a powerbomb. One, two, three. That's the victory. Conclusion. Kazuyuki Fujita defeats Toriyano in 3 minutes and 41 seconds. Another sheer dominating win from Fujita. Instead of suplexes, instead of wrestling heart and fire, a heel Yano, a Yano I immediately have never seen before, uses cheap tactics like pre-match attacks, chair shots, nut shots, and miss trying to win, but still, all of this to no avail. The purpose of this Fujita story is that, yes, Fujita looks good because he's dominating, but it creates a mystery to every sort of match, of who will be the person to beat Vegeta, if anyone. It's also what's nice about the short tournament structure of the G1 Climax. It's a story that doesn't happen over the course of years, but rather a week or two. It builds the tension faster and doesn't allow, doesn't allow I should say, the story to turn sour. Every day, someone new is getting the shot. Block A Night 3 ends with Vegeta and Nakamura with 6 points, Nakanishi and Yoshi with 4 points, Goto with 2 points, Tanahashi and Yano with 1 point, and Makabe with 0 points. He's simply on a roll now, and on Night 4, Vegeta looks to continue against one-time G1 Climax participant Togi Makabe, but this match does not take place. You see, two nights prior in his match against Shinsuke Nakamura, Togi Makabe tore his Achilles tendon. Because of this, Makabe was forced to forfeit the rest of his matches in the G1 Climax, which is why, uh, moving forward, he's just going to have zero points for the rest of the tournament. Because of this forfeit, however, Fujita is able to earn some free two points, which brings us to Block A Night 4, ending with Fujita and Nakamura with eight points, Nakanishi with six points, Yoshi with four points, Tanahashi with three points, Goto with two points, Yano with one point, and of course, Makabe with zero points. After a quick sort of night off, Fujita returns to action, taking on four-time G1 Climax participant, Yurika Yoshi. Vegeta gets a control of the match early and goes for his usual shoulder block, but this time, Yoshi does not go down. Now, Yoshi is a bigger competitor. Yoshi goes for the same shoulder block spot on Vegeta and takes down Vegeta. 
This, of course, angers Vegeta. Vegeta goes for a leg takedown of Yoshi and attacks the bandaged left knee on him into a butterfly stretch on the legs. Yoshi attempts to elbow out, but he just instead transitions into a single leg crab. Yoshi gives some hammers to Vegeta into a press and bottom drop on Vegeta, but Vegeta is able to get around this, get out of a pin, and capture the side choke on Yoshi, giving some additional knees to the chest for added pain. Vegeta brings Yoshi into the corner and drops him with some knees to the stomach. Yoshi is able to, however, strike himself out of that down corner position, give a big kick to Vegeta, following up with a splash in the corner and a huge hip attack. This is a, the babyface fire we're seeing out of Utica Yoshi. He goes for another splash on the down Vegeta, but Vegeta is able to roll out of the way. He gets up and just sort of gets that maniacal villain-like laugh. Vegeta beats down Yoshi with repeated knee strikes. And when I say repeated knee strikes, I mean that this looks like a mugging, folks. Yoshi gets up and delivers a huge spine buster, Vegeta, followed up with a release German suplex. He then hits a huge splash, and with some struggle, Vegeta is able to kick out. Vegeta is coughing, having trouble breathing. He captures the rear naked choke on Yoshi, uh, but Yoshi, of course, drops back to slam Vegeta on the mat. Crowd is fully behind Yoshi here. Vegeta hits a Frankensteiner out of nowhere into the armbar for the sudden victory. Conclusion. Kazuyuki Fujita defeats Yuka Yoshi in 8 minutes, 45 seconds. Yoshi is able to give Fujita quite the challenge, which makes sense. You know, at the time, Yoshi had probably an extra 100 pounds on Fujita. If anyone can outpower Fujita, it's definitely Yoshi, uh, at least, you know, in the weight department. You know, just look at the opening sequence where Fujita is unable to hit his typical opening shoulder block and instead... Yoshi is able to one is able to be the one that hits it, showcasing that his power uh, is uh, rivaling and even superseding Vegeta's. We aren't just talking about outpowering someone; we're talking about out dominating someone. When it comes to domination, Vegeta just has it. Someone else has to take down Vegeta. Block A Night Five ends with Vegeta with ten points, and Nakamura with nine points, Nakanishi with eight points, Tanahashi with five points. Yoshi with four points, Goto and Yano with two points, and of course, Makabe with zero points. He is now officially the leader of the block, but when you're on the top of the mountain, you have to try and stay because everyone's coming after you. So Fujita will try to do just that against eight-time G1 Climax participant and 1999 G1 Climax winner, Munabu Nakanishi. The two battle for control, and Nakanishi is able to get it first, but we get to a rope break. Fujita hits a shoulder block to no avail. Nakanishi hits a shoulder block to no avail as well, so they both go for the shoulder block. Nakanishi goes for a lariat to try to catch one on Fujita. Fujita sees it come and ducks and takes down Nakanishi with that shoulder block. Fujita... Vegeta hits some lifting knee strikes, then locks in that side choke, but Nakanishi powers out with a back body drop, which seemingly confuses Vegeta. The two exchange chops to the chest, which ends with Nakanishi hitting a drop kick on Vegeta. Vegeta tries to wear down Nakanishi with another side choke, interspersed with some knee lift strikes. Nakanishi fades out and Vegeta goes on the attack with the knee strikes once more. 
While the referee is counting, Nakanishi jumps up at three and just lariats Vegeta. He stays on the attack, Nakanishi does, with those chops and lariats. He goes for a backbreaker, but Vegeta, Vegeta hammers out. Nakanishi quickly sweeps Vegeta's legs to bring him back down. He's cutting off the momentum that Vegeta's trying to build uh, with that leg sweep. Vegeta locks in the rear naked choke, but after a bit, Nakanishi hits a back suplex that Fujita immediately jumps up, only to hit a lariat. Nakanishi gets Fujita into the backbreaker, but before he can do anything, Fujita escapes. Nakanishi goes for a spear, but Fujita counters it with a knee lift strike. Fujita stays on the attack and is able to pin Nakanishi for the win. <laughs> Kazuyuki Fujita defeats Minabu Nakanishi in 8 minutes and 2 seconds. To continue the trend of who can take down Fujita, we get Nakanishi, who is very similar in stature to our Fujita, very dominant individual, just a couple pounds heavier and maybe one inch taller. But like all the rest, Fujita's strength is too much, but more importantly, Fujita's mind. Fujita and Nakanishi go back and forth beating the crap out of each other, but it isn't until Fujita sees that spear coming, knows what to do, hits a knee lift, that allows Vegeta just to hit him straight into the skull, knock him out, and get the victory, practically. So we have a guy that is bigger, stronger, tougher, more dominant, now smarter than everyone else. Surely whoever's next needs to be the next big thing. Block A Night 6 ends with Vegeta with 12 points, Nakamura with 11 points, Nakanishi with 8 points, Tanahashi with 7 points, Goto and Yoshi with 4 points, Yano with 2 points, Makabe with zero points. On the final night of regular G1 competition, Vegeta takes on the man that has been essentially battling him the entire tournament, the two-time G1 Climax participant, and Vegeta's Block B rival, Shinsuke Nakamura. The two trade back and forth control of Nakamura not giving up. Vegeta tries to strike his way out, but Nakamura stays on top here. Vegeta hits that shoulder block, then goes for a huge roundhouse kick, so quickly that it looked like it would have knocked Nakamura's head right off the shoulders. But Nakamura is able to dodge and roll out of the ring, realizing just for a moment how close he was to getting his head kicked off. The two enter a strike exchange. You can see the sweat and hear the, the palm, the heavy impact of those chops. Vegeta goes for a strike, but Nakamura reverses it into an armbar, but Vegeta freaks out over to the ropes. Vegeta gets the side choke, but Nakamura is able to get out. Nakamura spike DDT Vegeta's Vegeta, spike DDT's Vegeta, then drops Vegeta on his head with another suplex. Nakamura hits that suplex over bridge, but doesn't get the pin. He slams the mat out of frustration. What is Nakamura gonna have to do to take down Vegeta? He's been on top of him the entire time, practically. Vegeta hits an inverted double leg slam, sort of like an Alabama slam, but inverted. Uh, and a running knee strike then pins Nakamura for that win. Conclusion. Kazuyuki Vegeta defeats Shinsuke Nakamura in 6 minutes and 25 seconds. 
In what had to be Fujita's closest chance for a loss, Nakamura had control over the majority of the match. And honestly, you can probably chalk this one up to luck. Fujita is able to be on the same playing field throughout the match, but Nakamura will always be the one of the last laugh in their sequences. If it wasn't for, well, Fujita's legit hard-headedness, Nakamura maybe could have walked away the winner here, but alas, Fujita lucks out and gets the victory. Block A Night 7 ends with Fujita with 14 points, Nakamura with 11 points, Nakanishi with 10 points, Tanahashi with 7 points, Yoshi with 6 points, Yano and Goto with 4 points, and Makabe with 0. This marked the end of regular G1 Climax tournament matches. All wrestlers have faced each other in the tournament, and Fujita is moving on in the G1 Climax to the semifinals. And of course, for obvious reason, he went undefeated the entire tournament block. Of course, he's going on in the tournament. That would be ridiculous <laughs> if there was some other issue. Uh, it wouldn't make any sense. The 2005 G1 Climax Tournament Finals format works like the 2003 G1 Climax. The two top scorers, the blocks, face off each other in the Final Four format. So Block A1, for instance, faces Block B2, and Block B1 faces Block A2. On one side, you have Masahiro Chono against Shinsuke Nakamura. And on our side, we have Kazuyuki Fujita going up against Block A's second highest scorer, a two-time G1 Climax participant, and actually the guy that one of the guys that our last episode, Kendo Kashin, beat, the legendary Toshiaki Kawada. <laughs> At the beginning of the match, Fujita pulls out the old Tanahashi move, throws his shirt into the crowd. Uh, I just want to note this one here because the women fight over it. But the two trade various wrestling holds and locks to start off this proper match. Fujita elbows Kawada into the corner, and Kawada strikes himself out, and it devolves just simply into a hockey fight. Kawada blocks Fujita into the ropes, and Fujita bounces back with a block of his own, knocking down Kawada. Fujita locks in the side choke, causing Kawada to fade, but Fujita then hits two rising knee strikes, but Kawada counters back with a suplex, then a running kick into the corner. Kawada unloads with chops and kicks into the corner, but Fujita is able to reverse and respond with his own elbow strikes, rising knee strikes, ending with that running knee. Kawada bounces up quickly, but immediately staggers. Fujita goes for a shoulder block, but Kawada kicks out and hits a Gamangiri. Fujita hits more knee strikes, and then Kawada hits one of his own into the side sleeper choke. A taste of Fujita's own medicine here. Fujita does a leg takedown, but Kawada keeps the hold locked in, and now, because they're on the ground, Kawada is able to lock in his legs, wrap his legs around Fujita for even more torture. He's got that side choke. He's got the legs wrapped around. It's not looking good for Fujita, but he is able to get out, gives some knee strikes, waking Kawada back up inadvertently. Kawada goes for a running something, and Fujita knees him extremely hard and goes for the pin, but doesn't get it. He goes for a second rising knee strike and pins Kawada to get the win. Yeah, 
conclusion. Kazuyuki Fujita defeats Toshiaki Kawada in 6 minutes and 23 seconds. Going into this match on paper, especially with 2020 glasses on, you would have thought Kawada would get the win here. He is a legend in Japanese wrestling. You know, actually just wrestling in general. But again, no, Vegeta continues his reign of terror. But how close was Kawada here? Every time, Kawada did his best to stay on top and in control of this match, even using Vegeta's own moves against him. Kawada was essentially rubber, taking everything Vegeta was able to dish out back against him. But the story remains the same. Even a legend like Kawada cannot put down Vegeta. With this win, Vegeta heads to the finals of the 2005 G1 Climax Tournament again as the IWGP Heavyweight Champion, joining other G1, other G1 and only wrestlers, well, maybe not as champion, but other wrestlers that have only competed one G1 Climax in the finals, like Rick Rude and Jun Akiyama. And the challenge is definitely present for Kazuki Fujita, as in the finals, Fujita would face the man that has been in every single G1 Climax, four-time winner of that tournament, New Japan legend, Mr. August, Mr. G1 himself, Masahiro Chono. ユーショー決定戦であります。優勝決定戦であります。優勝決定戦であります。優勝決定戦であります。優勝決定戦であります。優勝決定戦であります。優勝決定戦であります。優勝決定戦であります。優勝決定戦であります。優勝決定戦であ
Conclusion. Masahiro Chono defeats Kazuyuki Fujita in 8 minutes and 52 seconds. This is the match Fujita's run was all leading towards. The submission versus submission game. But it wasn't just about submissions. Chono called back to his past, his history, possibly with one of his greatest, greatest rivals, using that Shining Wizard variation to win the match. With the win, Chono achieved an all-time company legend status, earning his fifth G1 Climax victory, expanding his own record of victories, a record that he has not broken since. This G1 Climax was meant for Chono, and Vegeta played his part perfectly. He was a huge threat in this match and sold like death to showcase Chono. On top of that, Vegeta kicked out at 3.1, you know, getting something for himself back. This was a marvelous performance that led to the crowning of Chono as a legend we all know today. Vegeta and Chono were never able to wrestle again in singles competition ever again. I'm sure they were going to plan for one uh, to have a great singles match since Chono defeated the IWGP Heavyweight Champion here in the finals. Uh, And they were certainly probably planning to have one in October of 2005. But uh, hey, there was a uh, free agent named uh, Brock Lenzer available. And uh, the rest was history. Instead of getting his rematch when he lost his IWGP Heavyweight Championship to Brock Lesnar, Fujita decided to just leave New Japan altogether. Maybe it wasn't really that he decided, but mainly he was told that they were leaving because like many wrestlers represented by Antonio Inoki, when Yukes, the Japanese video game company, purchased uh, 54% of New Japan, Inoki left and along came his entire back office practically. Vegeta went on a six-year wrestling hiatus and returned in 2011 in the Inoki Genome Federation, where he was able to win their top title. Once he lost the title, he would make appearances here and there until he ultimately left IGF, took a two-year-long break, and came back to just freelancing for per promotions, like All Japan, Big Japan, Real Japan, and Pro Wrestling Noah in Japan, where he is the current GHC National Champion. Vegeta was a mean son of a gun in the ring, and when he was poised to leave the pro wrestling business, Anoki kept him in and pushed him to the top, and that's where Vegeta stayed. As many things Anoki did wrong in New Japan this period of time, he did treat Vegeta right and kept his career going when Vegeta wasn't certain if it was worth it anymore. Kazuyuki Vegeta's G1 and only grade, B+. In two weeks, we will be heading to the 2006 G1 Climax, where we're going to be talking about, well, I mean, how do I put this in the, in the 2021 lens? He is someone that is uh, a, a former WWE wrestler. Uh, he is, uh, I believe, a former WWE tag team champion. 
Uh, he was a young lion in New Japan. He is even oh, the winner of the 2005 Young Lion Cup, uh, where he even defeated Yujiro Takahashi. So that's all great. He's competing his first ever G1 Climax tournament. This is the story of Naofumi Yamato. That's right. Uh, you can look him up on Google. You may know him today. Yoshitatsu is his name. You might remember Yoshitatsu, but his career. Well, guess what? We're going to talk about his run in the 2006 G1 Climax in two weeks. But until then, as always, stay safe, everybody. Get your vaccine. I know you will. And I'll talk to you all in two weeks on G1 and only. You're listening to a Countout Podcast.